Welcome to Blue Talks. Thank you, Cambridge, for having me. I am really curious to know how many of you ask for signs. Signs for peace of mind, signs you know, to help you know what decision to make, signs for some guidance, decision making. Yeah, good. Whew. So do I. In fact, this morning I asked for a sign. More specifically, I said, oh, okay, send me a blue bird to let me know that what I've prepared will be a good use of time for whoever listens to it. Do you know what happened? Do you know what happened? I haven't seen a bluebird yet, so we are all in for a surprise. <laughs> yes, I call myself a breakthrough coach and a self-relationship expert, but the truth is I don't have any degrees, no special licenses or anything like that. What I do have is a birth certificate. How many of you have had that experience where your past, present, and a possible future flash before your eyes in an awkward or uncomfortable 30 seconds or less? Yeah, okay, well, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I've prepared a very special demonstration just for you. That. Did you feel it? Was it confusion? Anxiousness? Or for those of you who claim to be impatient since birth, forcing mom into an early labor, perhaps it was aggravation that started to surface for you. Whatever it was, did you find yourself trying to avoid or escape that discomfort of that seemingly inconvenient, awkward 30-second pause? Now, I have a quick confession to make. I am a recovering runner. Now, not the kind of runner with those really small shorts, that record time to beat, or you know the fancy shoes and one foot in front of the other, but the kind of runner that constantly runs from themselves to avoid and escape the discomfort of being in their own body, mind, and life. Who knows what I'm talking about? How many of you just found out that you are also runners or recovering runners? <laughs> yes. Take a walk with me down memory lane, Easter 2010, where my past, present, and a possible future flash before my eyes. 
At this time in my life, my husband, my three kids, all under the age of five, and myself, we lived in my mom's basement. We relied heavily on the state for food and medical assistance. My husband jumped from temp job to temp job, and I was trying so hard to hide my exhaustion, my overwhelm, my anger, my disappointment, my frustration. And don't get me started with that woman in the mirror. Oh, I was never enough for her. She constantly reminded me of my past failures, my shortcomings, and all the reasons I was never enough. Now, this Easter afternoon, my four-year-old daughter ran up to me while I was walking down the hall to do some chores, and she says, Mommy, you're on Grandpa's TV. Come see. And I continued to walk as though I didn't hear her. She says, Mommy, and she grabs my wrist. She starts pulling, and I was like, ah, stop. I got things to do. And she started to cry. Now, this wasn't just like a whimper or a whine or a little complaining. No, this was that type of cry that sends ice picks through your body. Ugh. So of course, she won. I walk over to the couch. I sit next to my stepfather, who has my other daughter and son on his lap while he's holding his TV, also known as a tablet. And I plop my four-year-old daughter on my lap, and I'm looking straight ahead, thinking of all the other things that I had to do the chores, the laundry, getting you know the rest of the night in order, the vacuuming for the 12th time. And gosh, I don't want to watch Easter morning. I was there. And surely, I did not want to see myself on a recording. As I'm looking straight ahead, throwing my tantrum, I can see the events playing out on this recording. And something caught my attention, and it just knotted my stomach. And it was as though somebody took my face and pulled it down to this tablet and made me watch. And this is what I seen. I was standing at the kitchen sink, slamming cupboards and throwing the few dishes around and washing them. The rest of the kitchen and the family was behind me. My kiddos were on the floor with my mom she was teaching them how to play jacks, you know, with the bouncy ball and the little spikes. But these were the oversized ones. And my stepdad and husband were in the back eating goodies off the Easter table that had been decorated by no one other than the Easter bunny himself, also known as Grandma and Grandpa. My four-year-old daughter, the same one that forced me to watch this recording, pops up off the floor like a spring, runs over to the Easter table, and she picks up an egg, and she looks at it, and she puts it down. And she picks up another egg, and she looks at it, and she puts it down. And she's looking and looking and looking. Her eyes get big. She reaches across the table, gets up on her tiptoes, and grabs this egg, and she looks at it. She's like, ah! She holds it in her hands. She runs up holding the egg in both hands behind me, just dancing, singing, Mommy, I made this for you. Mommy, I made this for you. Over and over and over again. And I'm ignoring her. 
So she gets louder. Oh, mommy, I made this for you. I turn around, I smack the egg out of her hand, and I yell, I don't care, I don't want it. And I turn around to finish the dishes. That egg hit the oven door and burst around her teeny four-year-old feet. And I watched her look down and look up and look down again. And she got down and started picking up the big pieces of this egg. And she held it in her hands and she kissed him. And I watched her whisper something to her hands. And like, what does she say? What, what, what does she say? And I'm turning up the volume on the tablet. What does she say? As she turned around completely to leave the kitchen, she walked past Grandpa's recording TV. And she said, it's okay. Grammy says, Mommy loves me. Grammy says, Mommy loves me? What? What? Grammy? Grammy says, Mommy loves What? When was the last time? I told my kids I loved them. When was the last time I played with them? I didn't know. I had been so consumed by my own inner suffering, the frustration, the disappointments, the not enough, the shame, the guilt, all of it, that I was missing everything, all the joys around me. And this was the first time that I was present, that I let myself feel that 30-second pause. I didn't try to run from it, avoid it, escape it. I didn't find something else to do real quick. I stayed. And in that pause, oh, I felt shame. I felt regret. I felt frustrated. I was so disappointed. Dang it. And out of all of it, the most I felt confused. I was so confused because all I had ever really wanted was to be happy, to have a happy life. I did what people told me to do. Just smile, then you'll be happy. Don't complain, you'll be happy. It's okay. You know, just be grateful. You'll be happy. My mom would always tell me, if the kids are happy, you'll be happy. If your husband's happy, you'll be happy. Take care of your neighbors, you'll be happy. It wasn't too long before this date, just a few years before, that I was tipping the scale at nearly 300 pounds. And I remember watching athletic people play and focus and laugh and smile and they had energy and it's, oh, that's it! I've got to lose weight. I will be happy. I lost half the body weight 
and I did not gain happiness. <laughs> I had a decision to make. I had a decision to make, and four options came to mind. I could tell my family I'm going to the store and run away. <gasps> yes, run away. I could start over again, just me in the car and no money. Starting over again would surely be the answer. I will find happiness. That will fix everything. <sighs> I could take my own life. That was a very daily thought. I could wait for change, sure. I could wait for my husband to get that job. I could wait for that house, for the money, for the car, for all the things that I wanted and I didn't have. Just wait your turn, Bonnie. It will come, the change will come. Just be patient. Or I could change. Now, I didn't know where to start. I had no idea what it looked like. I had no idea if it was even possible for me to change. But in that moment, I made it my goal that I was going to find happiness, that I was going to change. So I call my dad, who has always been into personal development, bookshelves full, I read none of them. And I, I, I was, Dad, Daddy, I had just, I just watched this video, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm such a burden and a problem to the family, and I, I'm a screw-up, and oh my gosh, I'm going to mess up my kid's life, and I, I did this. I think I need help. Can you help me, Dad? Dad? There was a very long pause, maybe 30 seconds. It seemed like an hour before he responded with something absolutely irritating. He said... Oh, well, I could read to you for 15 minutes a day. Now, to be polite, I returned that 30-second pause so he didn't hear me freak out. Are you kidding me? Did you hear anything I just said? Like, I need to change. My life is bad. So much is going on. I'm freaking out here, and you want to read to me? And then I realized that my only other option, really, was to hang up when I, and call back when I didn't feel so irritated. <laughs> but then I also realized that I, I had no other place to start. I didn't have any other plan. <sighs> All right, Dad. I guess you can call me tomorrow morning. Like, what time? So what happened the next six to nine months was a radical transformation. I went from being somebody who despised waking up just to face another lifeless day, disconnected, drained, as you know, overwhelmed. I went from that to somebody who says, yeah, yes, hello life, let's go. What is it today? My whole energy, my essence, my presence, my soul had changed and come alive. My eyes were even a bit glowy. Now, there were some really, really fascinating things that I learned about myself and life. 
But one of the most difficult things for me to really, really learn and understand that I still practice to this very, very day is that discomfort is not a bad thing. Discomfort is not a punishment. In fact, a lot of the time, those signs that you've been asking for, for that guidance, that answer, for that decision, lies within the discomfort. And if you gift yourself the opportunity to pause, instead of trying to run, avoid, or escape the discomfort of being in your body, your mind, and your life existence, and you say, ask yourself, if this discomfort was the sign I've been asking for, what might it be trying to tell me? Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.